piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Wednesday, moviegoers. Welcome to a brand new episode. Welcome to episode 249. Welcome to E.T. And welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Juan. I am joined by the cast. Zach? Back from the dead. What's going on, guys? Back from the dead. And you know what? It is a... It has felt like I haven't seen or talked to you in, like, weeks. But that's because it has been. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, it's like, I know you guys did a show. You guys did Spider-Verse last Monday. But it feels like like weeks since you guys talked about that. And it's it, it, kind of it weird. Is. Uh, we talked about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse last Monday. Um, almost, uh, you know, a, a week and two days. Um, but because of some... Uh, some foreseen reasons you know for the past five six years we've been on uh on mondays but now this from from going forward we are on wednesdays um so you guys can listen to this episode wherever you listen to podcasts at starting wednesdays at 9 p.m or you can watch us live here on the emis productions youtube channel 5 30 wednesday evening afternoon what would you call it Are, are we in evening yet yeah, yeah, five o'clock. I say five o'clock on is evening, so yeah, we're good. <laughs> so I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone will correct us. Say, hey, you're wrong. So, but you know what? You could be listening to us in uh, the UK, like a lot of our listeners. We have listeners from all across the the world, um, and I think they're surprised that it's taken us this long to talk about ET. Um, yeah. Before, before we get into ET, though, um, Zach. Small thoughts on Across the Spider-Verse. Did you get to see it yet? Yeah, I did get to see it. Um, loved it. I'm kind of in the middle between you and Craig. I think you gave it an 8. He gave it a 10. I'm, I'm give it, going to give it a 9. My only nitpick of it is just it's just a little long. Uh, I don't know if it needed to be two and a half hours long, but I, the animation is beautiful. It's very picturesque, um, and obviously it sets it up very well for the third one for next year. So You can tell it's summertime. Yes. When I'm drinking shit like this. CTO. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Great conversation with Craig last week. Go back and listen to it uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also check us out on these social media. Um, some summer giveaways are going to be getting ready to start getting back on. Um, digital copy is going to be given away. So, check out the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Twitter is at Cinnamon405. And the email, um, C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com, which emails return back next week as well, along with a new top five, um, which will be announced at the end of this episode. But, Zach, let's talk about some recent watches, man. We haven't seen you in a few weeks. Is there anything that you want to talk about that may be a... You might recommend anybody? Yeah, I got like a laundry list, so I'll just run through these and we can talk about them or not. Uh, Cocaine Bear. No, that's all I watched. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love Cocaine Bear. I, you know, 
I feel like it's one of those movies, if you don't go along with the premise, then you're going to hate the hell out of it. I was kind of 50-50 on it, so, you know, champions with Woody Harrelson about the special uh, specialties basketball team thought was really good, very heartfelt. You ain't, you're going to laugh. Yeah, I wouldn't solve it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this about champions. Would you peacock it or would you buy it? I peacocked it and I was like, I'm good. I don't I don't need to see it again. So okay. I mean, I, like I said, I thought it was a really good movie. Woody Harrelson gives a very very good performance, but I don't I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Um, you're gonna laugh. I went and saw Fast X for on Memorial Day on Memorial Day. You know, gotta admit. It was not as terrible as nine. I actually enjoyed it a little bit better. So we'll see about eleven. Apparently, there's going to be a twelfth. So we'll see. Oh my god. Um, Marlowe. It was a Liam Neeson like 1930s gangster flick. It was it, it was fine. Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Check it out on HBO Max or Max as it's Max. called now. Um, not bad, honestly. I didn't like it as good as the first one, but it was still a, a fun film. Yeah. Um, that, that's that was one of my recent watches. Uh, last week and I, I gotta admit I had fun with it I thought yeah. I thought since it wasn't as long as the first one I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more yeah I would agree so. and it like the trailers really made it out to be very cringy and I didn't, I didn't think yeah. it was cringe at all it, so. it was way better than Black Adam oh yeah by 50 miles which I still bought um, Black Adam you know eats your own you know whatever you want to do man <laughs> Uh, reality, an original HBO Max movie, thought was very good. The Mother with Jennifer Lopez, Cross the Spider Verse, obviously. When saw Transformers, Rise of the Beast, uh, The Boogeyman, The Little Mermaid. Um, TV wise, I yeah, kind of on, yeah. I, I want to talk. I want to talk. So, out of those three, Boogeyman, Little Mermaid, Transformers, what's best or worst? Uh, best is probably the Little Mermaid. Mm. Although my my criticism, it doesn't need to be two two fifteen. There's just, no 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 no. Uh, Transformers was it was all right. You know it was you know I think the taste of the last Michael Bay movie is still in everyone's mind. But this is more of a prequel. It kind of follows like the Bumblebee with Haley Steinfeld movie and the Boogeyman. I had high hopes for it. It just it kind of fizzled out at the end. So uh, TV wise, I caught up on the Bear. So I'm ready for the new season next week. And I started watching uh, How I Met Your Father, the spinoff to How I Met Your Mother with Haley, with uh, Hilary Duff. That's Lucy McGuire. Not bad. It's It follows the same premise, essentially. But, you know, and uh, The Good Doctor, which is a, a it's not a spinoff, but it's from the creator of House. Um, it's about a doctor that has autism. Really good. So. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been I have a laundry list, man. So I'm, I'm obviously... trying to I'm trying to keep up. Uh, in in eleven days, I've binge watched four seasons of The Big Bang Theory. Uh, nice. I'm going through all that again just because I've never seen season eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve. Oh, okay. So I'm like, if if I miss that many, I'm just going to restart from the beginning. Yeah. Um, three thousand years you... of three thousand years of yawning. Should it should be called three thousand years of yawning. Oh, is that the Idris Elba movie where he's yeah. like a genie? Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. It, it feels a twenty-four-ish, but it's like I don't. I, it's just not very entertaining to me. It's from um, George Miller, who did Mad Max Fury Road. You know what is that, entertaining, and I think it's just because I love this actor and sci-fi, sci-fi this 
I loved 65. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Adam Driver. Yeah. I thought it was fun. It was, only, it was only an hour and a half. Which which really helps. Yeah. I think we t- I think I talked about it with you on the phone a little, not, not too long ago. It was like a mix of Interstellar and Jurassic Park, and I think you would get that. Uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't hate it. I just I think I wanted a little bit more from it, I guess. Maybe I had my expectations too high. Operation Fortune. You know I'm a Jason Statham whore. Um yeah. so it, that was a fun watch for me. Um I'm also going through the Transformers movies. I sat through Bumblebee, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, um, Dark of the Moon, and I'm trying to finish Age of Extinction. Um mm. and then I've you never seen you get through those, man, or you might be extinct by the time you get to the last night. So. I've never seen the last night, but I'm dreading the two hours and 50 minutes. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and then I checked out uh, E.T. just a little bit ago for today's episode. So yeah. if I if I had to recommend anything, isn't The Big Bang Theory on Max? Yep. Go, go rewatch The Big Bang Theory. Um, oh, I also checked out uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, what um, do you think? I liked it a lot. I I, I, you know, I watched it once with me and myself and and the the girlfriend, and then I watched it with the kids yesterday. And you know what? I I enjoy it every time I've the last two times I've seen it. It's really uh really enjoyable. It's a fun movie. Um, I like the tease at the end. Um, yeah. I like how they're actually Brooklyn citizens, and then they get thrown into this Super Mario universe. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool. Um, and I, on, on my watch list, I still have Renfield, I still have uh, John Wick Chapter 4, and I still mm. have other few new releases that I'm, that I'm trying to rewatch this week. Nice. So. Yeah, I, I didn't get to talk about it. I saw Super Mario in the theater, and I, I'll be honest, I'm not a Super Mario person. Like, I play, maybe played the game like 10 times in my entire existence, but I had a lot of fun with it. I know there's like 8 bazillion Easter eggs in it, which I'm sure if you're a fan, you would probably catch them. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people had a problem with Chris Pratt as Mario, but it worked, you know, I didn't question it. So I think the best, I think the best voice performance was Jack Black. (laughs) I thought he was just like awesome as Bowser. So, uh, but let's, let's get into, uh, today's episode. If you guys have anything that you want us to watch or recommend, email us at, uh, C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. I'll be reading out some emails next week. Uh, when we talk all about the Flash, um, but today we're talking all about ET. Uh, IMDb has it at a seven point nine. Rotten Tomatoes at ninety nine percent. The Google users like it at seventy nine percent. And then I believe the Metascore is ninety one percent. A troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape from Earth and return to his home planet. Starring Harry Thomas, Drew Barrymore, Peter Coit, Dee Wallace, uh, Robert McGahan. I don't know how you spell his last name. Uh, McNaughton. 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 And then... Written by Melissa Matheson and directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, Zach, you are the Steven Spielberg fanatic. Uh, the budget for this, which was I find amazing, $10 million. And so far at the yeah. box office, 
with all the re-releases, the box office is at $792 million. Yeah. Um, we talked to Fablemans earlier this year. Uh, so we, we, you know, one would almost say we almost could have dedicated the year to Steven Spielberg, but um, we could have, but we did not. Um, what do you think, man? This is one of your all-time favorite movies. Do you remember the first time you saw this, and what was it like revisiting it for the podcast? So I was actually terrified of this movie as a kid, and I have a theory why when we get into the discussion. Um, I couldn't stand, I couldn't even watch it. The first like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, absolutely terrified the hell out of me. Couldn't scared of ET, but as I got older, it was just like, you know, you realize it's a, it's a, it's an animatronic. <laughs> it's a, uh, man in a suit, essentially. Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. ET right there. Um, but the older I got, I started realizing, you know, this is, you know, it, 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 it it evolved from this is a pretty good movie to this is an excellent movie. Um, I actually saw this twice in the theaters. I saw it on the 20th anniversary re-release, and I saw it last year celebrating its 40th anniversary. I took a, a date who had never seen the movie, so I got, it was interesting to get her perspective on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I this movie, I, I totally agree. Top five Spielberg, honestly, if you could you know quantify it that way. Um, yeah, get, get, can't wait to get into it. What about you? So this movie's always been around for me. My mom loves this movie. Um, anytime that it was on TV, you know, it was TNT, TBS, whatever it was, it was always on there. If, if the TV randomly came on VH1 or something, you know, the, the movies that always Turner classic, whatever the fuck it is. Um, it was always playing, but the first time I really probably sat down and watched this, was probably 20, 2012, 2013. Um, when it yeah. first came out on Blu-ray, I sat down. I bought it when I was working at the video store. And I sat down and watched it for the first time. And I was like, you know what? I like it. I can see. I know it's a classic. Um, these some odd years later, re-watching it on the 40th anniversary, getting the 4K edition. It's still the same thing to me. I don't know why I like it. I can watch it. I know it's a classic, but I'm not in love with it. Yeah. And we'll, t we'll talk about it, but it's kind of just a weird situation for me just because, uh, um, you know, I, I enjoy everything. It's a two hour and 50 or a one hour and what? 52 minute movie. One fifty five. Um, but we'll talk about it today. Uh, and you know, you're right. The first 15, 15 minutes is creepy as hell. And I can I contribute that to the amazing John Williams score. I mean that score is just unbelievable. It makes you cre creep it creeps you out. It makes you cry. It gives you like hope. It like energizes you. There's just a lot of moving aspects to that score. And I mean obviously it, it won the Oscar for best original score that year. Um, it won four but, Oscars, but it did not win best picture. I'm almost trying to remember what won that year. Was it Gandhi? You want to? Yes, Gandhi won Best Picture that year, which I can't say anything. I haven't seen that movie, but I, I'm pretty sure people know E.T. more than, you know, the movie Gandhi. So, you know, it's just kind of weird how that works. I've, I've, I've owned it, but I've never seen it because the girth. Gandhi's girth scares me. Yeah, it, it's very girthy. 
Um, we're just going to sit here and talk about Gandhi's girls for the next, like, 30 minutes. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking of things with the letter G starting, uh, you get Drew Barrymore, Bor- Drew Barrymore's first film. And she yeah. plays, uh, is it Greta? Gertie. 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 I mean, Gertie, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, into a whole other podcast. <laughs> but why do you think this movie is so special to not only you, but like so many other people? And it's, it's essentially a boy meeting an alien who, you know, I'm not going to say they fall in love with each other, but they they care for each other. And the boy mm-hmm. helps the alien get home. They, uh, they bump fingers together you know they do the fingering thing um which by the way i have to say watching it this time around what if that was et's way or the alien's way of don't do this making don't do this making making bumpies with somebody i don't know i <laughs> man you're gonna you're gonna assault simultaneously destroy and like sexualize et i don't understand this <laughs> Um, you know what? All all seriousness, what 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 do you think it is? All these years later, forty-one years later, people are still talking about this thing. I think it's it's a combination of two things. I think it's one. It's this was like Spielberg's third or fourth movie. I think he had done Jaws. He'd done Close Encounters, Drive, um, Drive, and I think this is shortly before. it, It was either before or after Raiders of the Lost Ark. So. Um, there's a lot of personal aspect to it. I know before the Fablemans, this was his most personal film that he had ever done, given the, the subject the subject matter of divorce. Which, um, in the special features, um, there's a great like ten minute documentary with him. He was at the time he was writing a documentary about divorce, and then he kind of thought about at the end of Close Encounters, the alien goes home, but he was like, "What if it did go home? Like, how would that?" You know what kind? What kind? How would that play out? And I think the other part of it is, essentially, it's just about you know friendship in a weird way. It's not there's not these all these moving pieces. It's just about a a, a kid who doesn't really fit in. He's trying to deal with his parents' divorce, and he comes across this um, alien figure who is hope oh, not homesick. That's not the right word, but he is misplaced in his universe and you know i think that bond is very strong up to you know obviously to the end of the movie which you know i'll admit i cried cried my eyes out when we got to that scene um but i think it's just i think it's that it boils down to just friendship and everyone has always had that friend who you know made him feel safe or made him feel secure that you know everything's gonna be okay so and you know sitting here watching this movie today i was like let's start it I was going to take notes like I normally do, but for this one, it was just like you sit back and you enjoy all the, the, the played out scenes that used to be in so many different commercials, whether it be the Pepsi commercials, Super Bowl commercials, mm-hmm. um, Reese's Pieces commercials, uh, yeah. but you know, beer commercials, all these scenes playing back to back to back. It's almost like, you weren't watching a movie. It was just, you know, you're, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's just, it was continuous to me. And it's, even though it's one of those movies that I'm not in love with, I still love everything about the scene. It's almost, you know, it's almost like that, that, that 
family member that you probably don't like, but you you know you still love them. You respect them. Yeah. Respect them a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know the like a like an I don't know, but like to me it's just one of those. Uh, it's a timeless classic that some people consider you know one of the greatest alien movies or one of the you know like you said one of the greatest spielberg movies um i will say watching it on 4k today it was stupendous it looked oh, really really good yeah nice i think the i think what really set the set this movie in motion was just the opening sequence you know you have the creepy john williams score with the credits and then you see the spaceship for the first time. And I like how Spielberg, it's a very Spielbergian trope of not really showing the creature or the monster um, up in, until a certain point, which I didn't notice this on the, until this rewatch, but ET, obviously in the beginning, ET is always like at wide angle, wide view shots or like the elbow, the, the hand, the back of the head or whatever until, um, Elliot lures him into the house. But the character that actually does, that has a Spielberg effect, the, the, the Spielberg trope is keys. You never ever see keys other than obviously them jingle on the pants until they actually get to like the quarantine, quarantine scene. And he's like dressed up in the hazmat suit, which mm. I found really interesting. And he's and at the end of the day, he's really not even a villain, to be honest. You talking about the one, the the main guy who told Elliot he dreamed about this since he was ten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, you know, he kind of ET has those long basketball arms. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of looks like, if like he kind of looks like an NBA player, but like turned into one of the monsters from Space Jam. Cause like he's on Again. This, he's on this planet, and like gravity pushes him down pushes him down, but his arms stay the same size. Again, simultaneously destroying and making friends at the same time. Um, maybe the Miami Miami Heat needed him in the last couple of weeks, so you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it would have turned out differently. They're a joke. Um. Um. What do you think about Elliot as a character? Do you like him or do you think he's just kind of like whiny or what what do you think? No, I I think it's I think he's needed. It's not cliche, but like this movie doesn't work if you don't have a, a fun, lovable kid, you know, who yeah. who wears his heart on his sleeve. Just like this movie won't work if you don't feel for the alien. And when I say yeah. he wears his heart on his sleeve, like he you can tell he's real passionate, whether it's like, you know, going outside and dropping the pizza or calling his brother penis breath, or going and dealing with the frogs. The frog scene, I think, is one of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I know. So I, I so I like I like Elliot, and I you know even though the actor didn't really portray much after this, and you know I don't think that none of that matters. It's like no, no. It Elliot is to E. T. What Batman is to Robin. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and you know, I also like the supporting characters of Gertie. Uh, very young Drew Barrymore. I like the brother Mike. Even the mom, who I think mm. maybe is given like maybe 10 she, minutes of screen time. She ain't given enough screen time there. You know? Yeah. Well, you should see her, what, see what she looks like now. <laughs> and now. But 
even the mom who only gets like 10 minutes of screen time, I think she still has a lot, like a, a has a very emotional arc of, she's very much like the mother who pays, doesn't really pay attention to her kids, but she knows they're around type thing. By the time we get to the can- contamination, the quarantine scene, and Elliot's like almost dead and E.T.'s almost dead. It's just like, well, that's fantastic. And it's just, I think it's like the realization of, oh, so this just wasn't make-believe or whatever, that this is a real thing that's going on. I was a little confused on to how she can afford all this shit being a single mom. Yeah. I mean, she got yeah. a she she got a Cadillac or what is that a BMW out in the out in the yard. Yeah. Uh, she's got a big nice home. She's got copper pans. I don't know if you saw that, but she has yeah. cop, she has copper pans, bro. That shit's ex- one just one is expensive. She had like six or seven of them. Hey, listen, if you start questioning the money ethics of eighties movies, then you're not not really not really paying attention to the movie, man. I mean, it's all about those copper pans, and she had them. Hey, copper pans must have been in during the day. No, they're still in. Time. They're still in now. They're just super expensive. Um, <laughs> Tommy goes by Dillard's and be like, "I want those one day." <laughs> I mean, so. but yeah, that's another thing about '80s movies. I don't. And let's let's talk about that for just a minute because uh, there's so many '80s movies out there, like ET, that everybody yeah. is just so in love with. And, you know, they're like, oh, greatest of all time. Go, go, go. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. Like Goonies, people are obsessed I love with it. Goonies. But I, I, I've, yeah, I've watched it and I'm just like, no, it's okay. You know, and, and I know people probably like, oh, you're, you're a 90s kid. So you probably think, think about that more 90s movies. I'm like, no. There's a lot of 80s movies I love. But there's also a lot of 80s movies that I'm just like, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we did um, Breakfast Club. The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. I think that was back in 2019 or something like that. But, like, you asked us what makes this movie so great. I'm just like, I mean, I get the persona of you're living your high school years and everyone everyone fits in that clique as, as it is. But it's just like, I've seen the movie twice and I'm just like, I'm good. You know, I, I mean, I, I get why it's a classic, but it's just not one that just like resonates with me like E.T. does or, um, you know, even 16 Candles or something like that. So, yeah. But no, E.T. E. to me. Oh, I know what your I know what your favorite 1980s movie is. <laughs> Howard the Howard the Duck, bro. Oh, I know that's no. like up in your top <laughs> top 10 list. Yeah, because I loved seeing a, a, a duck get laid by a female god um i don't know if we ever talk about that i'm quitting the show i'm not doing it you know who, you know steven spielberg had his hand in that you know, like as a producer someone's like dude you're so much he's so like listen to this run so he did duel he did the sugarland express which is like one of his lesser known films jaws close encounters 1941 raiders et Temple of Doom, Color Purple, and Empire of the Sun, and Last Crusade. That was like all, all in the eighties. He did Raiders, Raiders, ET, Temple of Doom, Color Purple, Goonies, Empire of the Sun, Last Crusade, and Always. That's a, that's a hell of a list. 
to be honest. I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive. And he also was the producer. I guess he did like a movie for the Twilight Zone movie. And he was a producer on Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. So, like that, that the, the, the cover of that movie said Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist. Yeah. A lot of people say he directed it, even though he didn't. So that's just weird. Yeah. But it's, um, it's like you're stuck in the Poltergeist. What do you think about all the Star Wars references? I didn't really pick up on that until this, like the Greedo and the Yoda. And like, I know, like, he's friends with George Lucas, but it's just like, okay, you know, I, I, think I guess Star Wars had come out. I think that's all it was, was just paying, you know, tipping the hat to you. Yeah. Or you know, like, they're all part of out with this. Yeah, they're all 80s buddies. You know, they're all yeah. working cool together, they're all directors together. Them and what Francis Ford Coppola, Scorsese, yeah, Brian De Palma, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it's kind of hard to just take a movie like this and break it down when it's been out for forty-one years and it's considered an all-time classic. Um, mm -hmm. it's just one of those that like, it's to me, it's just it's there, and uh, it's just one of those movies that you have to revisit every year. No, not every year. Like before, I went and saw it for the 40th anniversary last year. I think I'd seen it. I don't know a year or two before that. So it's it's not one that's just like in constant rotation at least once a year. It's just one that. Oh yeah, I forgot Spielberg. You know Spielberg's ET. Yeah, let's put that on. It's just kind of like a spur of the moment type thing. What about the? How about pe trying to get people to watch it? It's to me whenever you get somebody to watch it, they look at it and they're like, it's okay. Like, if they didn't grow up on it or if they just have heard about it, it's just one of those yeah. movies that, like, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, you know, to kind of put some backstory to that last story, I took a, I took a date that I, a girl I was seeing at the time went and saw it. Her brother was obsessed with the movie as a kid, but she had never seen it. And I was just like, you know, let's just get, you know, I want to take you to this because, you know, I think you might like it. And she... We walk. I, you know, we went and saw it. I asked her how it was, and she loved it. I mean, she had never, like I said, she had no, never seen it. She knew what it was, but never. I don't know if she had didn't have the desire to see it or what, but she really, really, um, cared about it. And like, I just kind of just leaked, leaned, like looked over at her just at different points in the movie, and she had tears running, <laughs> tears running down her face, like when ET is on, you know, sick and he's he dies. And then the ending scene, which is like top ten, top five crying scene of all time. So, do you, do you think the movie? Do you think it's too heavy-handed? Because I, I did, I did read a review saying like, oh, this is like Spielberg like tearing up heartstrings when it really doesn't need to be that 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 strong. What are you talking about? Like when you think the alien dies, or when he turns into like a powdered donut? <laughs> Yeah, a powdered donut, or the, or when he says goodbye to Elliot at the end. No, I don't think it was too sad. I don't think it was too, you know, I don't think it was too emotional. No. Yeah. That's why. That's why you go to the movies. That's why you want to get lost in something like that. Yeah. The bike chase I thought was cool at the end. Um, so, um, just because I'm just that nerdy about it. Um, I can actually tell you, on the 20th anniversary when it was re-released, they actually added like new visual effects for it, like how they did for the, the original trilogy for Star Wars. 
Um, there's a lot more scenes with um, Elliot and E.T. Like when he uh, fakes being sick so he can stay home with them. Um, there, the opening sequence when he's running from the from Keys and his crew, it's actually changed it to be a CGI ET, which it looks fine. But like the idea of him just kind of run, coming towards the screen, like in a very fast motion, works a lot better. And then the um, at the 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 end of the movie where the bike chase happens, um, he replaced uh, the shotguns with the flashlights. Mm. So. So it's just like, you know, he just did some little nitpicks. It's not like Lucas where he actually like did, redid the whole entire freaking movie. You know, he just spliced some things and tried to make it a little bit, a little bit better. So what about like with this 4K version, you know, when I'm watching it today, they're actually shotguns and not flashlights. Does that mean that they just went back to the original cut? Yeah. I think the, the version I have is the 30th anniversary. And I want to say that he put the both editions on the Blu-ray, so I could be wrong, but it's a possibility. So, um, yeah, let's talk about, you know, let's, the ending, uh, does it get to you? Um, like I said, I cried. It, it, it always makes me cry at the end. It's just the, 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 the combination of the performances, the, um, the situation, and the, the John Williams score. It's just, it's just a perfect trinity to make, make me cry. Uh, I mean, it's an, it's emotional, but probably not because, especially since I really didn't see this movie until I was like 23. Um, yeah. I didn't watch it all the way through until then, but I don't know. It's just, uh, what, what were we talking about a few weeks ago? Passion of the Christ. There's some, mm-hmm. some, there's some scenes in there that made, you know, some other people tear up and I'm just like, you know, it was like, I, I didn't get any emotion towards it. You know, same yeah. thing. Same thing with with ET today. Now, next week, talk to me about when Michael Keaton's on screen. If I get if I get teary eyed, who knows? Um, but I think it. I think it is one of those things. I think best emotional experience <laughs> next week. I think. I think it all has to do with childhood. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you watch this movie when you were younger. And maybe you were going through some stuff or some of the memories of the movie gives you some, some memories with some other people. Then when that movie comes on or when that score comes on, then you're going to get emotional. Um, like my, for example, would be Indiana Jones. Um, I didn't see it when it came out in the 80s, um, but it was a movie that my dad always etched in my mind. One of his favorite movies. I hated that fucking song growing up. And then, you know, now that he's not here anymore, it's one of those, like, that's that's one of those movies. So maybe, I, I mean, I think maybe E.T. might be like that for a lot of people, maybe like that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like, it's, you know, I don't get emotional. I can see why people would get emotional for it. Because, you know, it's kind of like uh, Marley and me, you know, guy and yeah. man, man, man's best friend. So um, it's, yeah. It's just a weird relationship I have with this movie because I was just so petrified of it as a kid. And then, like, as you grow up and just be like, wow, this is actually this is actually kind of good. It's not terrifying other than the first, like, 10, 15 minutes. Um, and it just... There's just something about it that's just, like, it has the... I guess it's the Spielberg magic of, like, you know, this... You know, I'm not... 
I'm not going to say this could happen, but I'm just saying the reality of like an alien coming down and just like being left behind and like someone caring for it, like wanting it, like, you know, truly having the heart to care for it. I think, you know, it's just that magic that you believe and you just never question it during the movie. I it, think that's what makes it so powerful. You know what I kept having references to during the movie? And maybe it's because I'm a father now and I have a, a, a two-year-old almost, but I kept having references to my little boy um, with mm-hmm. Elliot, Elliot trying to take care and keep an eye on this little alien who doesn't really, you know, understand. And I'm not, I'm not calling him an alien, but I, th- I think you are. But, but it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know. He's a little human that doesn't yeah. quite understand. I have to kind. Of, I have to sometimes um, have him come here and drop Reese's pieces down on the floor. Then he'll come to me slowly. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's also probably not. You know, uh, uh, I now only get to see them part time, so that that's probably where the emotional factor came in for me today watching ET. But I. Yeah. I did think of uh, the little, the little booger. Whenever you know, yeah, Elliot was trying to take care of ET. I, I kind of put myself in Elliot's shoes. I'm like, oh, I got to do the same thing sometimes to a two-year-old. Yeah. Well, and I think the difference between you and Elliot is not really you don't you don't set Reese's pieces down on the on the floor. It's actually Taco Bell Dorito tacos. Yeah. And he just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like well, it's a magnet. Or if, if I'm being serious, it's it's gummies, like little fruit fruit yeah. gummies. He he's obsessed yeah. with fruit gummies. So when ET was grabbing the Reese's pieces, that's that's what I imagined. So yeah, I mean it's you know, you know I, like I said, I, I I would put this in top five Spielberg films. Uh, it's I feel like it's a cop out to say that it's his best film because I mean it's just. I mean, it's cool that this was nominated for Best Picture and he was nominated for Best Director. But, I mean... But, I mean, let's look... How can you sit there and say E.T., Jaws, Indiana Jones... uh, Yeah. Well, that's what what I was going to get to. Jurassic Park. How how dare you? No. But but that's what I was going to say. Like, him not winning Best Director seems right because it he's much more deserving of it later in his career with Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. You know, those are just much more complicated films. But so. also, like, how can you sit there? It is like, how does one rank a number one Spielberg movie when you have all those different memorable decade films? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, like, when we... I hate when you say, let's do a top five Spielberg list. It's like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> it's just, it's too difficult, man. It's just like, I mean, Jaws, E.T., I put E.T. in there. Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List. I mean, that, those just in, in, in on themselves are just like, damn, those are just like really, really good movies. I mean, you can't, you just can't deny that, so... And that's not even mentioning things like the terminal, like you said, right? Indiana Jones, uh, War of the Worlds. Um, I put Fablemans in there. Ready Player One, um, Bridge of Spies. I keep forgetting Ready Player One as a Spielberg movie. Yeah, it, it, the the um, aesthetic, the cinematography is very Spielberg. Um, his next movie, if, if I'm not mistaken, he's doing a remake of Bullet, the Steve McQueen movie with uh, Bradley Cooper, which I think that, that could be kind of cool. Interesting. 
very interesting. Out of all people, he'd take Brett Bradley Cooper. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Ready Player One, I haven't seen since. I saw it in theaters, and I saw it on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it since. It's, it's a fun movie. That's really fun. Um, speaking of fun, do you have any favorite scenes of, from E.T.? I know we could probably sit here and talk about the entire movie and all these scenes all day. Okay, let's start with the opening credits. So, like, the, the font of the title. No, I was just playing. Um, the drunk scene is really funny. It's actually it's a really cool scene. Like, And I like that aspect of it. Like, Elliot feels what he feels or it's just kind of like a a portal into his world or whatever it's kind of it's kind of cool um him cutting back the, i thought it was a, a cool like cutting back sequence where et is watching television but it's also happening in real life with ellie and the girl <laughs> that was really good um the interactions of mike and uh, ellie i thought were good i think the goodbye scene is obviously I could probably put that as my favorite scene, to be honest. But something that's just a little mundane is just him explaining the world. Him talking about, like, you know, this is food. These are cars. We drive in them. This is candy. We eat this. You know, I thought it was just really, like I said, it's just, it's a little, it's a little thing to do. But it just, it has a powerful, like, it's like, like you said, like you and your son, Johnny. It's just like him, you trying to explain the world to him. And that's yeah. essentially what that is, a parent parent and child. So. Uh, if, I, if I had to pick some favorite scenes besides the classroom frog scene, um, I would probably say the drunk scenes, like you said, were fun. Um, the, the scene where they take him out in the Halloween costume is fun. And then, you know, that leads into the famous, you know, flying bike scene. Um, yeah. So overall, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite scene from this movie, just because to me, even though this movie's two hours, like it flies by. Yeah, it really because, does. The pacing of, of it is excellent. Because of how famous each and every scene almost is. So. And I, I even put like the opening scene where um, E.T. is just exploring his surroundings and then the chase happens. I thought it was, it has a very good. And it goes back to John Williams' score. It has a very good chase element to it. So, yep. so if uh, if anybody out there has any favorite scenes from E.T. or wants to give out their star rating, um, send us an email. C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. Let us know your star rating for E.T. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 9. Um to me, it's it's a it's a damn near perfect '80s sci-fi movie. Um, like I said, to me, it's one of those you know, it's it's like a family member. You're you love your family member, but you're not in love with your family member. Um, so yeah. that's how I that's how I feel about this movie. Um, I love it. It's a classic. It's a timeless classic. But I'm not in love with it. It's not a go-to for me. Um, yeah. And I and I think it's just because I don't have any sentimental value to it. So, but still, it's it's a nine. It's a pretty big score. Yeah. So, what about you, Zach? Uh, I'm gonna give it a ten. Um, like I said, I I could I could see I I have it in my top five Spielberg films. I can understand if this was your favorite Spielberg movie. I understand. I completely get it. Um, Spielberg's direction, the John Williams score, the performances, E.T. himself, I thought was interesting because you could tell the difference. You could probably tell the difference on the 4K version between the animatronic. E.T. and then like the man in a suit E.T. Oh, yeah. which 
it was kind of it's kind of funny to point those scenes out. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a great movie and definitely a top eighties film for sure. And the funny thing is, is like when you Google, st- just put it in Steven Spielberg movies, the Fablemans is number well, the F- Fablemans is the first one that pops up probably because it's just his most recent one. Jaws, Schindler's List, E.T., Jurassic Park, and Raiders are like the top four that come up. So, I mean, I think I think people would agree that's definitely one that um, it's one of his lovable films. So, uh, but next week, guys. <laughs> uh, it seems like we've been talking about this movie since 2018, uh, but next week... We go back to the movie theater to check out The Flash. Um, Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, Andy Machete, Michael Keaton. Um, You're just going to keep singing Michael Keaton for the next like three minutes. Michael Keaton's in this movie. Um, You know, you already got tickets, Zach? What do you think? Yeah, we're going Saturday, Saturday afternoon. I, you know, it. The movie's two, almost two and a half hours long. So I just hope, one, I hope we get some clarification of where we're going in the DC because this is their chance just to kind of do the flashpoint thing and just reset the whole deck. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be awesome to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. You know, I never, th- I know you never thought that day would happen. So you're just going to be like, clenching your butt cheeks the entire time so you know uh and then you know also ben affleck's in the movie um i I don't know if there's going to be any other cameos that that, that we might see um what did you think about news breaking this week about the joel schumacher uh director's cut of batman forever Hmm. which you you know is that worthy of an episode you know that made me think about just doing Batman Forever and as as an episode entirely because we've already what? we've already done Batman and Batman Returns. I which one is Forever? Is that the one with Schwarzenegger? No, that's the one with Jim Carrey. Schwarzenegger's oh, with... Batman. Schwarzenegger's Batman and Robin. Okay, so Forever. Sw- forever has Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Val oh, Kilmer. Yeah. So. I don't want to say this because I know what's going to happen to me. Um, I, I've never seen Forever, and I've never seen Batman and Robin. And those are just two or that I just heard they're just like the worst ones ever. So just like I've just been told to avoid them. So guess what's coming in July, Zach? <laughs> Move over, Oppenheimer. We got Batman and Robin to talk about. <laughs> Move over, John Wick Chapter Four. No. Um. Which, I mean, it's going to be a fun month. There's still five Wednesdays in July. Um, next week on the 21st, we're talking about The Flash. And then two weeks from today on the 28th, we're talking about Wally. So, yeah, should be some fun conversations uh, until The Flash. Oh, next week's top five. We are talking about top five recasts. Was it a good idea or a bad idea? So it can be a good or bad one, Zach, whichever one you decide to put in your top five, just because of the news of them maybe recasting The Flash. You know, Andy yeah. Machete says if they if they do a sequel, he's not recasting. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk about a recast. Um, if, for example, Batman Forever. Val Kilmer was recast as Batman. So yeah. 
Um, I think that should be a fun top five list, something we don't think we've ever done. Um, so, yeah, that's next week. Um, any final thoughts on E.T. before we move on to The Flash? Uh, no, just go see it. If you're a Spielberg fan, if you're a movie fan, if you enjoy films of the 80s, I think it's definitely a worth, worth your time and effort. So, All right, guys. Go see E.T. Uh, June 11th was its 41st anniversary. Um, and then, you know what? Starting tomorrow night, you can go see The Flash in theaters. Um, go see The Flash and then come back next Wednesday and join us for an episode as we talk all about The Flash and our top five recasts on a brand new episode of the Cinema Movie Podcast. That was The Flash, right? Right there. There you go. Yeah. Next Bye. week. Next week. The Flash. Have a good Michael week, Keaton. guys. Michael Keaton. <laughs>